guys. Quick note, this episode was actually recorded before Midnight on the fire line, Firing Line. This is actually fairly common in television in general, especially in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, and is one of the reasons why there is a little bit of debate about what the proper order of the episodes has been uh, until actually somewhat recently, relatively speaking. Because there's the production order, then there's the initial release order, and then there's the second release order, all of which disagree with each other. Uh, I'm well, I'm not 100% sure which of these orders I'm doing, but it's the order I'm doing and we're just living with it. So this episode, like I said, was recorded before midnight. And I mention that because some of the acting is a little bit more wooden in this episode. Because it's basically most of these guys' first turn at the bat, if you follow me. Now, I like um, how they introduce uh, Dr. Franklin in this episode. It shows pretty clearly and immediately that the man has a little bit of warmth to him, a little bit of a charisma in his presentation. And it also kind of showcases how uh, he... <laughs> well, it, it, it implies something, I think is actually the best way to put it. Because we, we, I'll talk more about Franklin in particular in a little bit, but he actually mentions Kyle, Dr. Kyle, from The Gathering, the one who was removed from the show because of, you know, the scheduling problem and the, the acting problem I already mentioned. And he mentions how he's back on Earth now, serving the president, blah, blah, blah. I find that interesting for several reasons, but it kind of adds to the overall, huh, factor, because don't remember, don't forget, Dr. Kyle actually saw, uh, Kosh. So, Yeah. Pretty sure that probably has something to do with his transfer. Definitely has something to do with his transfer out of character, but moving on. Um, Morgan Shepard is the gentleman who actually plays the main soul hunter in this one. You probably don't recognize that name, and that's fine. He's played a lot of relatively small roles. He does a really good job in basically all of them. He played the uh, prison guard of Rurapente in Star Trek VI. He played uh, the crazy old man in Bliss in Voyager. Um, he's played, uh, he played, uh, Witwicky, the elder gentleman from the past in, uh, in, uh, the first Transformers movie. He does that kind of a role really well, the kind of grizzled old man thing. And it adds just a little bit of weight to what otherwise would be a very silly performance. In fact, a lot of the main aspects of the main plot of this episode struck me as just a little bit, huh? And it was only his presentation that really helped bring that down, grounded a bit. So I think they did a good, jo good, did a good job in picking him for that. I'll talk more about his character a little bit later. Um, one of the things I find interesting is Sinclair's overall eagerness to get out into the into a fighter pilot, uh, into the cockpit of a pi of a fighter to go out and pilot. Uh, this is not the first time I've seen this. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's actually the third time we've seen this. Uh, of the three episodes. He's very much, it, it again just emphasizes what I was already talking about with regards to his leading style, his desire to be on the front, his desire, not not even like a frontline commander so much as a frontline operator. I'm not even going to call him a soldier or an officer. He feels like the guy who is more like the specialty guy, and he likes being up there right up front, right in the thick of things. And we've seen, we saw this literally with his introduction back in The Gathering, so I, just just more fuel to the fire. 
One thing I like is that Delenn is still reaching out to humans. She's still trying to interact with them, still trying to coordinate them, still trying to work with them, basically being no more diplomatic than she needs to be. None of the other ambassadors have been like this. None of the other ambassadors have been actively offering olive branches to anyone, really. But Delenn has been consistently doing this all three episodes so far, with the humans and with Sinclair in particular. I'm starting to think that maybe it has to do with the whole, you know, guilt over the fact that the Membari were beating the crap out of the humans during the Earth-Membari War some time ago, and this is their efforts to try and make amends. I mean, that would be logical, don't you think, for the ambassador to have orders to that effect. Now, of course, I can talk about this now, because this is spoiled in this episode, so this doesn't even go into the spoiler section. We find out Delenn is actually a member of the Grey Council. Now, we don't know the full de length, length, depth, and breadth of the Grey Council now. We know they are, however, nevertheless, a governing body. One of the governing bodies, one of the main governing bodies of the entire Minbari people. And she's here pretending to be an ambassador. That makes that a lot more suspicious. Especially given the quote, uh, the quotes that ha exist in this episode, which we won't cover here. I, uh, I do, however, think that at least part of it is still what I said earlier. The, the idea, the desire to make it up to the humans, to, to reach out to them, to, to make peace rather than being you know, cold or aloof or whatever. It's probably why Delenn in particular was chosen for this position, since she has that ability to be diplomatic. And, well, this isn't really a spoiler, but speaking from the future perspective, most Mimbari do not have the ability to be diplomatic. Now, uh, I like this episode. There's The drama's a little bit forced at times. This is a trend in several episodes. Um... Part of that is the whole slave to the to the commercial problem. In other words, we need to end on a stinger at every commercial. So da 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 da, -da stinger. Okay, back to the show. Uh, maybe I'm just tired of it because of like two decades of seeing television like that. But yeah. But I will say this. One thing I like is that not every episode has to be about big galactic events and politics and all the movements of the, the nations. What I also like is even an episode like this is still doing what Babylon 5 does best. It's weaving everything together. We actually learn a fairly decent amount of exposition about Delenn and about the Minbari in general. And there is some foreshadowing tossed in there as well. And it's all in an episode that is effectively a bottle episode. This, in a Star Trek show, to use an example, this would just be the episode about the Soul Hunter and nothing else. And yet here he is bothered to try and weave in certain elements, so we've got that thread with her being a member of the Grey Council and a few other things we'll discuss later uh, dangling there, so it's like, oh, okay. We also, uh, and like I said, we, we learn uh, a little bit more about the Mimbari people here. Now, the Mimbari believe very strongly in reincarnation. Now, I'd just like to say right now that at some point we'll have to discuss the religion concepts and aspects of this show uh, again in violation of my standing rule uh, i don't think this is the best episode to do that so we're not doing that today but i will say this the membari hold it sacred uh, i shouldn't even say that they, they, the membari hold it as truth to them this reincarnation cycle that is their lifestyle is like what gravity is to us it's just the way things are you know there's it's not like you believe in gravity it just is same concept right it makes sense, then, that the Soul Hunters would be one of the most terrifying, horrifying things to the Minbari, because without reincarnation, they can't actually continue to perpetuate as a species. As, as uh, Delenn herself says, we are a less of a whole each time you take from us. It also makes sense that the Soul Hunters would believe basically the exact opposite. Uh, by the way, I find it hilarious that a people who actively collect souls and keep them 
and store them for later purposes um, calls the very concept of something like reincarnation figments and fantasies and, and fiction. That That is very amusing to me. But of course that gets across the point, doesn't it? Which gets me into my next point here. The idea... Babylon 5 has a lot of fantasy elements to it. Some people think it's a little bit too much, and I mean, that, that's preference and there's nothing wrong with that. But admittedly, I usually don't think of the fantasy elements when I think of B5. I usually think of the more hard science. Most of the actual science fiction in Babylon 5 is fairly hard science. By contrast, however, if you think about it, this is not the only science fiction show that has fantasy elements. In fact, most science fiction has fantasy in it, either in telekinetics or psychokinetics or, uh, you know, some kind of energy beings who have power over souls and whatnot. And in some cases, there's an afterlife. In some cases, there's just straight-up magic. In some cases, there's this thing called the Force. You, you get the idea, right? Even in, in, in Farscape, in Star Trek, in uh, Andromeda, bad example, I know, in virtually every work of science fiction, there's usually some fantasy elements still present there. So I don't think Babylon 5 needs to be singled out for the fact that it has souls, the fact that souls are a literal, functional thing within Babylon 5. Now, whether the reincarnation thing is true or not, that's a little more debatable. We'll have to decide that one for ourselves, because we don't see any evidence for or against that. We do see evidence of the fact that souls exist and can be captured by these soul hunters. I, uh... Um... I also find it interesting that amongst the soul hunters, it's, we get little insights into their culture as well. I mentioned the Minbari culture, their concept of the reincarnation, their concept of uh, being willing to do anything that is necessary to ensure that Minbari souls stay within Minbari, you know, the life cycle. It is interesting to me that the soul hunters, as an aggregate, at least we assume this, uh, would have a policy against killing which actually makes perfect sense when you think about it. Again, remi I remind you, these are not you know bad guys. These are not the evil people. They are people who are, believe they are doing good. They are preserving these souls, these lives, these essences, these memories for the future so that they may be venerated and, and, and they may go on rather than simply being wasted and dying because the soul hunters believe that once you die, soul's gone. There's no afterlife. There's no reincarnation. You're just gone. Again, it's interesting to me how belief is an aspect of both of these two cultures in a situation where both of them also fully agree to the point of thinking of it as gravity that souls exist which again is is a nice little topic and it never the episode once again never really goes out of its way to tell you which side is right or wrong in this and i like that uh it is obviously slanted a little bit more towards the bimbari because of the len but at the same time in the in the kind soul hunter we see, and even in the the bad guy soul hunter, the one played by uh, uh, God, what's his name, Morgan Shepard, he doesn't really come across as evil at any point in time to me. Misguided and probably insane, but not evil. In fact, his entire speech to Delenn as he's killing her is very indicative of that. I do not wish you discomfort. I do not wish you pain. I want this to end. You know, blah 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 blah. Now, of course, even that could still be not, you know not kindness. Because as he mentions, a soul that is murdered is damaged in the process, which also actually makes a degree of sense if you think about it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, one, one last uh, point here. Actually, two last points here. First of all, there's a quote that I love here where uh, Dr. Franklin turns to Ivanova and says, Oh, you, you're a pessimist. And she says, No, I'm Russian. <laughs> I love that line. Um, 
I mentioned the Great Council thing. Uh, quick point. The fact that the Grey Council have sent one of their own to be the ambassador at a station, and haven't told anyone that, this is not common knowledge. So the leadership of the, of the Membari is not common knowledge, first of all. You know, they, they don't publicize who, they're, who the members of the Grey Council are. It's the first important point. Second important point is the fact that they send someone of incredible importance who has been kind of active in all of the major events that have happened thus far, politically, right? I mention this because I feel like the Membari are playing at politics just like the Narnar, they're just a lot more experienced at it. You remember, as I've talked in both of the previous episodes, the Narns' approach to politics is a little more like a bully on a playground. You know, wow, big, sweeping, grandiose gestures that can be easily blocked and deflected. Whereas the Membari were playing politics so quietly that no one actually noticed they were. And indeed, it is possible no one has actually figured out that they are still. They just know that something's up now. And even that wouldn't have happened except for the Soul Eater. So uh, that's all I got for this episode. Kind of a quick note. I'm sorry. You know how it is with these episodic things. But I do have a couple spoiler things. So, oh, wait, got to get ready. Spoilers! Okay. You've had your spoiler warning. I like how Dukat is directly mentioned in this episode and is arguably one of the... Uh, starting moments of, you know, one of the, the things that kickstarted all the events of this episode since they were not able to collect his soul. Dukat, of course, being the gentleman, for those of you who don't remember the name, who is a Cardassian, <laughs> sorry, who is the guy who uh, accidentally died, which started off the earth Membari War. He was also a pretty venerated individual who was basically one of their sacred leaders, not just you know, venerated, but he was he was up there, and uh, yeah, our bad, we didn't mean that. Um... I also think Franklin's comment and his disbelief in souls and, oh, it's ridiculous, is interesting given uh, a speech I remember, I forget the episode, but much later in the series, or at least later in the series, he has this discussion with Ivanova where he says, do you believe in God? And she's like, blah, 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 blah. And he says, no, I don't ask what your beliefs is. I, you know, I don't ask what, you're, what you practice. I said, do you believe in God? And then he has this whole thing about how he believes he sees a little bit of God when he sees someone die and blah, blah, blah. I just think that's interesting. And I'll have to... Through this re-watching, I'll have to decide if that's him changing his mind or him presenting a mask. I'm not sure which of those it is. It could be both. Final note, of course, they're using you. The comment to Sinclair. I, I said I'd bring it up. Uh, once again, the Mimbari playing at politics a lot better than anyone realizes, which is funny because the Mimbari themselves are just another pawn to the Vorlons, who are playing politics on a freaking grand scale here. I don't like the Vorlons that much, if it's not obvious. I like Kosh, the first Kosh. He's great, but the Vorlons as a whole can go screw themselves. Anyways, um, uh, it's also interesting to me that Sinclair is in many ways a puppet of the Mimbari state at this point in time. Not literally, of course, but functioning exactly how they want him to, to functioning in the manner that they want him to. And this is especially highlighted by her quote, We were right about you. In other words, the idea there being that he, he is functioning as a Mimbari leader. Would Nice touch there. Anyways, that's all I got today. I'm going to go ahead and work on the next episode. Uh, actually, I might not do that today because i got some Voyager stuff to do, but either way, I will see you guys next time.